As promised, this is the episode that is going to be about fear. Your life will always be fueled by fear, but it's up to you which type of fear. It's a couple definitions. You guys know I love definitions, so we're going to get right into it. There's a couple nouns for fear. It's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous and likely to cause pain or threat. Another definition is a feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something or the safety and well-being of someone. Another definition is the likelihood of something unwelcome happening. But the archaic definition of the noun of fear is a mixed feeling of dread and reverence. If you go to the verb archaic, it says the regard, the reverence, and the awe for something typically for God. But it includes reverence. Synonyms would be respect and awe and just wonder and amazement. And I think it's important as we look that we don't just look at the modern meaning. And I know I want to go deeper into why I tend to want to know the meaning and the definitions of different things in a future episode but it's very necessary to have fear fear is not necessarily a bad thing when it is written it just depends on what it is that you fear i'm going to link a couple sermons down below in this episode but as i mentioned this fear is a necessity for growth in the spirit So don't be afraid. Stay tuned for the next few minutes of your time as we're about to dive deep. As always, I am Amani Akins, and this is the Deeper Waters Podcast by Pascalos Pros. Today, I have no time to waste. We have a lot to talk about in a short amount of time. I don't want to bore you guys, even though I do think it is very necessary to stretch our listening capacities. But we're going to go right into this lesson. So starting with Proverbs chapter 9, verses 9 through 11, it says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holy is understanding for by me thy days shall be multiplied and the years of thy life shall be increased I love what it said teach a just man and he will increase learning we are disciples and we just did an episode about a disciples desire a disciple means a learner and a follower so Evidently, if we want to increase learning, we need to be a just man. We need to be a wise man or woman, whoever's listening to this. And we get this wisdom through the fear of the Lord. So it's something that cannot at all be avoided. As I mentioned, fear is not what we make things out to be today. Many definitions actually That's one of the reasons why I tend to define almost every single episode, because I want to make it clear what I'm talking about, because I could say something like something is terrible, but terrible in the Bible doesn't necessarily mean that it's just a bad thing. Terrible means something that is powerful. It's almost a good thing, depending on the context of what it's being used in. So that is one of the reasons. But as we see, fear is a necessary thing to have wisdom and we have to have wisdom to get instruction 
We need to be just to increase our learning, which is exactly what a disciple does. It's a learner. So one of the texts that kind of describes the fear of the Lord is in Deuteronomy 8. So in this chapter, this is in the Old Testament. Some people would already write this off because it's talking about the law. But God, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law, but he came to fulfill it. He came not to translate the law, but to interpret the law. If he translated, everything would be the same. But by interpreting the law, he gave us the principles that he really wanted us to truly understand in following God. So it is very important that we have a grasp on the Old Testament because the Old Testament is the New Testament revealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament. I think I just completely botched that up. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed and the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. So there's so many things as you get a deeper understanding of the Old Testament. It makes the New Testament just come alive so much more. So Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse one says, all the commandments I command thee this day shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go and possess the land which the the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart whether thou wouldst keep his commandment or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and to be fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell, these 40 years. Think about that for a moment. These people have been wandering and wandering, yet God still provided for them, even in their disobedience. They, their clothes nev- never wax old for 40 years. They did not make clothes like that anymore, but God really supplied for them. He made sure that they still had provision. Verse 5, thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains, of depths that spring out of the valleys and hills, and a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness and thou shalt not lack anything in it a land whose stones are in iron and out of whose hills thou may dig brass when thou hast eaten and art full then thou shalt bless the lord thy god for the good land which he hath given thee beware that thou forget not thy the lord thy god and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein and thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget 
the Lord thy God. How many times do we forget about God when we're blessed? Which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou shalt say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk not walk after other gods, and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall perish. As nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye will not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. So we see right here that God is working on a conditional basis. Yes, he will always love them. And in fact, the reason why they were wandering for 40 years was out of disobedience. It was a punishment. Yet the Lord still kept them through this. He still provided for them through this time of disobedience and this time of wandering. God still was patient with them. He didn't just destroy them, but he chastened the people. Chastened means discipline. He chastened them. He did some things that they didn't like, but they deserved because they were not trusting in the Lord. But as we see through this, he humbled them. He caused them to go through different situations where they were forced to trust in the Lord and to follow his commandments. These were different tests. Many times we're going to go through different tests to see, do we truly believe the Lord? Do we truly trust the Lord? Do we truly fear him? Do we truly respect him enough just to obey him? John 15, 14, John 14, 15. To love God. If you love God, you obey him. That's all he ever wanted. That's the only reason why he gave Adam and Eve that one commandment to not do. Now, he gave them commandments to be fruitful and multiply. But we seem to be the only creation other than the angels that fell that don't want to obey his word. But the fear of the Lord is when you fully submit to him. I love how it says that to walk in his ways and to fear him. We're going to elaborate on that further. A lot of times walking in the fear, it provides that blessing as we walk with that respect towards the Lord. We walk with that awe and amazement of the Lord and we remember it because as soon as you forget that, it's easy to slip into a bad place. It's easy to slip into a place that you will no longer be blessed because you forget the Lord and you think that you did stuff. But we have to continually be humble. Because the reason why we go do, through different things in our life, as he said here, as he, when he was testing the is, people of Israel, the reason why they went through everything was to see if they would keep his commandments or not. If they kept them, then they were going to be blessed. But if not, and we see throughout time, and if you read the book of Judges and Kings, you see up, down, up, down. People didn't want to keep the commandments, and they would keep them, and then they wouldn't, and they would keep them, and they wouldn't. But Life is so much more simple when you just listen to what God wants to do, an all-knowing God who gave us something simple to follow, but it's not easy.
So the next passage of scripture I want to read here concerning the fear of the Lord is Psalm 111. And it says the following, Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, sought out of them all that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable, glorious, and his righteousness endureth forever. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He hath given meat unto them that fear him, and he will ever be mindful of his covenant. He hath showed his people the power of his works, and he that he may give them the heritage of the heathen. The works of his hand are verity and judgment, and all his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and in uprightness. He sent redemption unto his people, he hath commanded, in his covenant forever. Holy and reverent is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. I just love what it says right here. It goes back to obedience. It goes back to just following what he said, that love of God. The love of God and fear go hand in hand with love and with fear, with awe and with reverence. That love towards the Father, trusting what he said and just doing it. This fear, we hear the Nike. It's the just do it type of fear. Just do what he said. And when we just do what he said, then we'll just do what he said. And when we just do what he says, we'll, we're operating out of faith. We're not just operating out of obedience, but we'll also operate out of faith when he tells us to do something in the moment that's in alignment with his word, then we'll do it in faith. And that's when miracles can start to happen. And we're going to elaborate on that later. But the fear of the Lord is a necessity. It is necessary for living that lifestyle, both with the word in our life, but also that rhema lifestyle with that uttered word. We have to have the fear of the Lord in order to even be able to hear, in order to, if we're, why would he even speak to us if we don't even obey what's written? We need to obey the commandments. I also love what it talks about with praising the Lord for his covenant and the things that he's provided as long as we've stayed within that covenant. Going back to the awe and that amazement that's a part of that fear. We need to live that lifestyle of praise, but it's a pointless praise. It's a vain worship. If we praise him and we worship him, but we don't live for him, it's just lip service. We don't truly love him and we don't truly fear him. Now, as I said, you know, the fear of the Lord will make you just do some stuff when he tells you to do something in the moment. But this doesn't mean that you don't have plans. This means that you will be able to do more than prepare. You'll be sensitive to that right now word that is needed. But first, you have to start obeying. When you start obeying what he already told you to do, then he can tell you what to do in the moment. You can know the will of God for right now, who you need to pray for right now, or if you need to withdraw from somewhere, the fear of the Lord will guide you as long as you live in the love and the fear. Love and fear go right hand in hand, or fear of the Lord anyway. So continuing to talk about the fear of the Lord, I know I have a lot of scripture to point back up the different points that I want to make. But as you can see, the fear of the Lord is so necessary in the covenant that we make with God. God works on almost a conditional basis. Yes, he loves you no matter what. But for the blessings to flow, 
That is based on the condition. He's not going to bless a mess. And if you fear the Lord, you're not going to be living in that mess. Now, that doesn't mean that nothing bad is ever going to happen. The rain will fall on the just and the unjust, but that rain is to test you. And really, the rain is going to end up being a blessing anyway, because it's going to help you to grow and it will allow your harvest to grow. So continuing on to get all these scriptures in here, because as I mentioned, I will never apologize for reading so much scripture because it is through the law of the Lord, through the word of the Lord that our souls are converted and all scripture is profitable. So I'm telling you, if you want to change, I can't make my own word up to change you now. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And we need somebody to preach that and to speak that. But when the disciples taught, they taught with the word of the Lord. So I want to make sure that you understand this concept because as I said, it is so very necessary. So right before I get into this next scripture, we see already that fear produces praise. It produces worship because fear is a type of passion, if I could describe it that way. It's a type of passion. It is that awe and reverence. And it can even almost be dreadful depending on what that fear is towards. I know I just discovered Gerald Jeffers about a couple of weeks ago and I went on a little marathon, but there's something that he highlighted on a Bible verse that I seldom thought about. So this is talking about not godly fear, but the fear that we tend to know, that dreadful fear. And in Revelation 21, it's in eight, it says the following, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The fearful are listed first. Now, going back to what I was saying from Dr. Jeffers, he described this as delivering people to their obsessions. You already were living in torment and never mortified that. So henceforth, what you never mortified is what you will live with forever. What you don't mortify with will torment you forever. If you keep something in reverence and keep something in awe for that entire life, if you bound that to your mind, what you bound in earth will be bound in heaven. So if you bind these things that won't let you get into heaven, you're going to hell. Even if you're bound being fearful to sin and you keep thinking on that, you're tormenting yourself here. So you just, you're just saying you want to be tormented forever, but that's why we have to crucify this flesh. This flesh ain't going to do nothing but torment you anyway. So when we crucify the flesh and its affections and its lusts and its desires, then we can live within the fear of the Lord. But if you keep dwelling on that imagination and that thought of sin, if you keep living in that fear of what can happen or the fear of committing sin, that is a very dangerous place. And I don't think we actually put enough emphasis. People can almost make it self-righteous. Oh, I'm worried. I'm afraid that this is going to happen. That's not of God. That is not of God. The only fear that is susceptible to God is that reverence, the original definition of fear, that reverence to God. But if you're reverencing anything else, if you're respecting any idea that it's not a God-given idea, then you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. So fortunately, we have weapons to conquer that ungodly fear. And so many times we want to say faith over fear. And I'm not saying that 
faith doesn't help in the battle. But that's not necessarily the weapon that God gave us to fight fear. We all know the scripture, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. And it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. So these are the three weapons that we have. Power over our mind, love to God and obedience and a sound mind. To further elaborate on this love, we can read 1 John chapter 4, verses 16, 16 through 21. And it says the following. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, complete, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, as we mentioned earlier. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment we have from God, that he who loveth God love his brother. Uh, also, so we have those two greatest commandments first to love God and then love others. Once again, it's all about love, love, obedience to God, not that random definition of love. Oh, accept anything. No, that's not love. Love is obedience to God. I'll tell you every episode because love without love, everything's pointless. But we have to properly understand what love to God is. In order for it to be effective because this everybody apparently loves nowadays but we see god is obviously not in a lot of stuff that's going on because people don't have the proper definition so many things that we have nowadays are have been redefined what it was a good definition has become evil and evil definitions have become good we have people saying oh that's sick and there ain't nothing good about being sick i don't want it to be sick but now that's slang and this, I don't want to go into a different episode. I want to focus once again on the fear of the Lord, but we need to know what it's talking about. There's a reason why it says, if you love the Lord with all your heart, and that's what it means to fear him. That's the fear that is of God, because that fear is just a reverence. You're not reverencing anything else but God. And if you fear God, you love him. Walking in love is actually walking in the fear of the Lord. Right after Moses came down with the tablets of the law, with the Ten Commandments, he said the following in Deuteronomy 10 and 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul? This is our reasonable service, and this is a complete requirement, to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul. This is the requirement of the Lord, but to fear the Lord. This is what it describes it as walking in the walking in love, walking in his way, just doing what he said. That's what a father wants. Think about your earthly father. All he wants you to do is just listen and he'll feel loved. You know, you also want to have all for him, you know, and give him praise when it's due, but just with our heavenly father, 
Just do what he says. It's pretty simple, but it's also not necessarily easy to do, to submit. It's never easy for humans to submit. Another example that we can find here is in Nehemiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. And Nehemiah and Ezra both are about that time period after Babylon. So the next time period after Babylon, they were Israel was in captivity to Babylon. They were in captivity to Persia. But in this time, they were starting to build themselves a community back again, Judah and Israel. So in chapter five, Nehemiah is dealing with his own people and correcting some different things that they're not doing in the fear of the Lord. They're not doing correctly. So chapter five in verse one says the following. And there was a great cry of the people and of their wives against their brethren, the Jews, for there were that said, we and our sons and our daughters, we are many. Therefore, we take up corn for them that we may eat and live. Some also there were that said, we have mortgaged our lands, our vineyards and houses that we might buy corn because of the dearth, meaning the famine. And there were also that said, we have borrowed money for the king's tribute that was upon our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children. And lo, we bring into bondage our sons and our daughters to be servants. And some of our daughters are brought unto bondage already. Neither is it in our power to redeem them. For other men have our lands and our vineyards. And I was very angry when I heard their cry and these words. And I consulted with myself. And I rebuked the nobles and the rulers and said unto them, ye exact usury, which means interest. So like a loan, we, anybody who's in college and, you know, didn't have the best financial aid knows what this feels like to see how quickly your loans and your interest rates goes up. Or if you have a credit card and you get into a little debt, you, you understand what this is, but they were doing this to each other. So continuing. Ye exact usury, every one of his brother. And I set a great assembly against them. And I said unto them, We, after our ability, have redeemed our brethren, the Jews, which were sold under to the heathen. And will ye even sell your brethren, or shall they be sold unto us? Then held they their peace, and found nothing to answer. And also I said, It is not good that ye do. Ought ye not to walk in the fear of the Lord because the reproach of the heathen are enemies? I likewise and my brethren and my servants might exact of them the money and corn, and I pray you, let us leave off this usury, this interest. Restore, I pray you, to them, even this day, their lands, their vineyards, their olive yards, and their houses, also the hundredth part of their money and of the corn and the wine and the oil that ye exact of them. Then said they, we will restore them. We will require nothing of them. So will we do as thou sayest. Then I called the priest and took an oath of them that they should do according to this promise. Also I shook my lap and said, so God shake out of every man from his house from his labor that performeth not this promise, even thus be he shaken out. 
and emptied, and all the congregation said amen, and praised the Lord, and the people did according to this promise. So right here we see Nehemiah reproving the people. And as I said, this book and Ezra are both about the political and the spiritual aspects of restoring Judah and trying to get that community back and that religious system back and getting back correct with God. But before they did that, they had to deal with the different things. As we mentioned earlier in John, what we read, you have to love your brother. You cannot hate your brother. You cannot treat your brother, especially your brother in Christ. You cannot treat your brothers and sisters wrongly. If you say you love God, but you treat people wrong, you simply don't love God because you're not listening. You're not being obedient. But notice here how following holy after God with conviction is written as walking in the fear of the Lord. And when they did this, they were bound to an oath. When they did this, he said that there would be blessing, but also there's promise also for those who did not want to walk in the fear of the Lord. Because another thing you have to understand is this was already commandment of the Lord. There are many hundreds of commandments that were in the Old Testament. Many of them are symbolic to us now, but this was a specific commandment. And even though they went into bondage and captivity and are trying to rebuild, he had to correct this. We had to go back to what God said. We had to go back to what he said and do things right. So this is the commandment that they already had. So this wasn't something that they didn't know. Oh, we can't do usury. No, they knew better than to do that. So same with us. We have to make sure that we wholly, because if you forget to do one thing, if you forget, and I'm not saying you don't mess up sometimes. That's not what I'm saying. We're bound. We're not perfect people. We're bound to make mistakes, but we need to make sure that we are intentionally living with a whole heart, wholly after God, wholly with our full mind, soul, and spirit, everything within us to follow after God. Wholly following God with that conviction is walking in the fear of the Lord. So continuing on this premise of the fear of the Lord, the next passage of scripture I have here is Isaiah 50, and it says the following. Thus saith the Lord, where is the bill of your mother's divorcement, whom I have put away, or which of my creditors is to whom I sold, have sold you? Behold, your iniquities have ye sold yourselves, and your transgressions is your mother put away. Now this is talking to the people of Israel, and this is rhetorical. This is talking about how God supposedly figuratively divorced Israel and this whole group of people because of their transgressions. But let us continue in verse two. Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? And when I called, there was none to answer. Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot be redeemed? Or have I not power to deliver? Behold, at my rebuke, I drive the sea. I make rivers the rivers of wilderness, their fish stinketh because there is no water and dieth for thirst. I clothe the heavens with blackness and make slack sackcloth their covering. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned that I may I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He waketh the morning by morning. He he waketh morning by morning. He wakeneth my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God hath opened my ear, 
and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair, and I hid not my face from shame and from spitting. Therefore the Lord will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and know that I shall not be ashamed. He is near that justifieth me, who will contend with me. Let us stand together, who is mine adversary, let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that condemn me? Lo, they shall wax as an old garment. The moth shall eat them up. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Behold all ye that kindle a fire and that compass yourselves about with sparks, walk in the light of your fire, and in the sparks that ye have kindled, this shall ye have of mine hand, ye shall lie down in sorrow. Now this is basically kind of prophetic of Christ and the different suffering that he would go to. If, if you remember the story of Christ before he was crucified, this is very parallel to that. But, I want to focus in on a couple of things that it said. First of all, it says, if you fear the Lord, who among you fears the Lord that obeyeth, that loves the Lord, that loves and obeys the voice of his servants? But it's interesting. It said that walketh in darkness and hath no light. There's going to be times when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There's going to be times when you're going to walk through darkness. But as long as you trust in the name of the Lord. Psalm 125, they that trust in the Lord shall not be removed. They shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. So as long as you trust the Lord, even through those dark times, you will stay with God. He will keep you. I think it's also interesting what it said at the end there, talking about the fire that you kindle. The fire that you kindle is the light that you'll have. But it kind of reminds me of, I want to say it's in Matthew where it says, if your light be darkness, how great that darkness be. The light that you have, it's up to you what kind of light you have. What you fear, it's going to be what kind of light you have. But also really love what it said here, talking about having the ears of the learned and the tongue of the learned. In the fear of the Lord, you will have that wisdom. You will have that understanding of when to speak and when not to speak because you're obeying the Lord and he knows that he can trust you with his word. Matthew 10, 26 to 23. 33, not 23, Matthew 10, 26 through 33 says the following, fear them not. And this is referring to the end times and the time of the coming of the Lord and the different persecution that they're going to endure. People are going to endure during these times. But Matthew 10, 20, starting at verse 26, it says, fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him, respect him which is able to destroy both your soul and your body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. 
Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess, which is Jesus talking before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Being a disciple, learner, and a follower of Christ, it's so simple, but yet, in a way, it's so hard. Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. We see here that we don't have any need to fear anything else, but it's hard for us to understand that the only thing that we need to fear, as in respect, and really, if you are respecting other things and you have other idols, you're going to have fears because you're not trusting in the Lord. If you truly trust in the Lord, you know that he will protect you. He knows every sparrow that falls. He knows the hairs on your head. If he knows all this, he surely knows how to protect you. He surely knows how to provide your very needs, no matter what it looks like. So we must be followers and be learners of Christ. That's what it means to be a disciple, to simply obey. That is love, not just out of need, but out of the love from the heart, the making of your mind, making up of your mind and the saving of the soul. You have to make up in your mind that I'm not going to reason with this. I'm going to serve the Lord. You have to make up your mind that you're going to love the Lord. You're going to, have to with all your heart, follow after him, loving from the heart because it saves the soul and he's worthy of it. He's worthy of that respect and that love. We have to have that true connection, not just being as what some people may mean by legalism, just working just to work, but working because he's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. We love him. He's done all this for us. This is the very least we can do is to be holy and acceptable. That's a reasonable service. So to continue to talk about the fear of the Lord, one thing that talks about walking in the fear of the Lord is Acts 9, 26 through 31. And it says the following, starting with verse 26. So Saul in this chapter, Acts chapter 9, he was just converted. So he was on his murdering spree, continuing to murder people. God appears to him and says, why are you doing this? Makes him blind. Prophet comes and heals him and he's ready to join the church. And this is all in the same chapter. So he's not yet joined, but he's had his encounter with God. And it's just the following start with starting with 26. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians. But they went about to slay him, which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarshish. So he's already all in for Christ. And people wanted to kill him now. They were like, oh, you, you switch sides. We're going to have to kill you now. But he kept preaching. Then had the churches rest through all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, they were multiplied. They were blessed, multiplied and walked in the fear of the Lord. 
Forgiveness and impartiality is part of walking in the fear of the Lord. We need to be forgiving. We need to be loving. We need to show mercy to our brothers and our sisters. Even when somebody is new and it's like, oh, I don't think they can do this. I don't think they, it's not worth our time. No, if you fear the Lord, you're also going to learn to love others and to treat others as how you would want to be treated, if not better. Not treat people how they want to be treated, treat people how you want to be treated and treat people how God told you to treat them. Because maybe you don't really care if somebody forgives you, but God instructed you to forgive others. So you still have to do that anyway. But forgiveness of people and impartiality, it doesn't matter what people looks like. It doesn't matter if somebody's white, if they are black, if they're homeless, if they're poor, if they are from a different ethnicity or from a different nationality and they don't speak English well. If they don't know how to read very well, none of that matters. If they are willing to come to God and be obedient, God will lead them. God will guide them and God is perfectly able to use them. We cannot be afraid of what, what's going to happen if we bring them into the church. Now, if God's called them, he's going to justify them. Follow after God and don't be afraid of other people. Just fear the Lord, reverence the Lord, respect the Lord and his laws and his voice. And he will continue to lead you. What happens when you walk in the fear of the Lord? Miracles happen. When you walk in the fear of the Lord, read Proverbs. These promises of life and blessing are in the fear of the Lord. There's a couple things. I'm only going to list a few because if I've read every single time the fear of the Lord was mentioned, I would be going on for hours. But it promises long life. It promises confidence, not pride, but confidence. It promises protection from evil and death. It promises wisdom. It promises riches and honor. The list goes on and on. You're going to have everything you need inside and through the fear of the Lord. So it's important that we have this if we want to have the fear of the Lord. So right here, I would kind of encourage you guys to read at least one chapter of Proverbs every single day. It's perfect because there's 31 chapters. So maybe one month. You have to read two or if it's February, I guess you'd have to read four extra in one of the days or spread out four extra. But most days you will have a chapter and you could read more than one chapter in a day. But I make an endeavor in my personal prayer time, aside from the other devotions and the studies that I do to make sure that I read at least one. And honestly, I read a couple more because I really just love Proverbs and trying to become a wise person as I've made some very foolish, foolish, foolish decisions. I don't want to live that way. I want to live in the wisdom of the Lord. So what better way than to read Proverbs? But also Proverbs has so much insight on the fear of the Lord. Psalms, certain Psalms have it, but Proverbs, it's full of what the promises are of living in the fear of the Lord. So another thing is, as you read throughout the whole Bible, especially in books like Acts, and even some of the gospels, such as Mark, you'll see that fear follows the working those that work in the power and in full submission to God. When Jesus performed different miracles and even said certain teachings, people were just in awe and in fear. Fear came upon people, not fear. Oh, I'm scared. But they're like, wow, reverence came. Why? Because you're walking in the fear of the Lord. When the apostles did certain, a lot of miracles, even one of the miracles wasn't necessarily a good thing with Ananias and Sapphira. If somebody got struck down and they died, in the moment, two people actually, but that brought great fear upon the people and miracles happened through that fear. 
Now, I'm going to attach two sermons that you can listen to to further elaborate on the subject of the fear of the Lord. One is going to describe how it applies to us, and one is going to talk about walking in the fear of the Lord. But this has radically changed my personal prayer life in this past, this year, this year. I guess it's not the past year. Last year, the theme of my prayer life was more centered around revelation. But this year, it has been about godly fear. And as I've started to learn about the fear of the Lord and pray and focus on that fear of the Lord, that's my focus for the Lord, the, my personal prayer life, it has drastically changed my convictions and I thought I was going all in, but I learned that I'm really not doing everything. I have not given it all up. I'm not haven't been willing to give it all up for God and to truly submit in all ways and to follow all his commandments. And if I feel a conviction to actually obey that, to be willing to do that, that's living in the fear of the Lord. Now, as I come to the closing passage, listen to this preacher especially my fellow young people, Ecclesiastes, he, the writer of this, which most people believe him to be Solomon, but he refers to himself as the preacher. But listen to what he has to say, especially as we come to the closing of this chapter. Actually, I think it'll be good to read the two verses that proceed, uh, precede, not proceed, precede this chapter, the two verses that go right before this chapter, because it's still talking, pointing towards young people. So Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 9 and 10 say the following, Rejoice, O young men, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer in all thy days of thy youth, and walk in the way of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou, for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. There's no excuse in your youth. So continuing on into the rest of the chapter that was originally planned. Chapter 12, verse 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after rain, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out of the window be darkened, and the doors shall be shut in the streets, and the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of the music shall be brought low. Also when they shall be afraid of, of which is high, and fear shall be in the way, and almond tree shall flourish, the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire, desire shall fail. Because men goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all this is vanity. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught and gave the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed. He pondered. 
and he sought not, had set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, delightful words, and that which was written was upright, even the words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads, as nails fastened by the masters of the assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. The f and further by these, my son, be admonished of making many books, admonished of making of many books, there is no end, and much study is the weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So the conclusion of the whole chapter the whole chapter and the whole book. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. The premise of this season of the podcast has been about being disciples of destiny and to remove from things that are vanity and to get into things that are purpose and destiny as Romans 8, 28, really focusing on what that really means. Romans 8, that whole chapter. But as we see here, this makes a poetic almost illustration of life as your life goes on. All these things come to vanity. We see different words that are used to describe aging the keepers of the house were supposed to represent arms the strong men they represent legs the grinders represent teeth those that look out of the windows those represent the eyes this whole chapter is about growing old the almond tree reference to the white hair of age grass the grasshopper almost represents that crippling effect the different Things, the golden bro be, bowl being broken and the silver cord. I know I watched a video about the silver cord and even witches understand what that means when they try to travel. I'm not going to get into that. That's not really important, but it's that spirit. When your spirit is loose and the golden bro, your vessel is broken. It's the end of life. As you get older into the end of your life, you realize that all this is vanity without God. And it also, this elaborates on the subject that we talked about in the Talk, Talk, Talk series, and when the dust, it will return to the earth and your spirit will go back to God and all that's left is your soul. Vanity of vanities. This whole life is vanity. But here's the whole conclusion of the matter, to fear God and to keep his commandments. You could study all you want. You can do all sorts of stuff. You can have all the fun that you want to do. But the point of this life is to fear God and keep his commandments. As long as you keep his commandments with your whole heart, this is your duty. This is a duty. And as long as you do that, you will be fine. The thing is, it's hard to do. It, it's kind of hard to do that. It's not easy to walk in this fear. I'm still learning to keep walking in the fear. I'm getting better at it. But to truly walk in conviction. But it will change your life because the truth of the matter is, no matter how you live your life in the days of your youth and as you get older and as you come to the day when it's time to be on your deathbed to the Lord Terry, God's going to bring everything that you do into judgment, which is why we need to walk in the fear of the Lord. Because the thing is, if you're walking and living in the fear of the Lord, we're going to have confidence and boldness in that day of judgment as we read earlier. This is a necessity. As you read Start to pay attention when it mentions fear, both in a bad way and also in a good way. When you love the Lord, 
you're going to conquer fear. When you're obedient to God, you're going to be able to conquer fear. Love conquers fear because love of God is fear to God and God alone. And with this fear, this is how God works through. God works through this fear, this reverence of him, this absolute submission, not partial submission, absolute submission, absolute reverence for God. God works through that. So as we come to the conclusion of this episode, I want you to understand the necessity of walking in the fear of the Lord. As you read, as I mentioned earlier, read with this perception of the fear of the Lord. This is not something to be afraid of, but it's something that we must understand because it is a necessity. It is not optional, but it is a necessity to live pleasing God, but it's also a necessity to see the works of God. It is a necessity to see God work through us in mighty ways. That true fear, that belief in him, faith goes with fear. Faith goes with fear because fear, if it's not to God, it's really just demonic faith. You have faith for the demonic and you're willing to make that and speak in it and manifest that. But as long as you're in the will of God and you're fearful of him and him alone, he can use you. He knows that he can trust you. It's one thing to trust the Lord, but when he can trust you and you are a servant that is willing to be able to be used and God knows that he can trust you, what a powerful place that is to be. So let us pray that we start to get a better understanding of the fear of the Lord and to begin to not just have the fear of the Lord be upon us, not to have it around us and not even just to have us have it within us at times, but to walk in the fear of the Lord. So let us pray now. Thank you, Jesus, for this day and for all that you provided for us. I thank you for this podcast and for all those that are listening. And I thank you for giving us all life. I pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us. Help us to be full of your love because we know without charity, without your love, everything that we do is useless. To have that absolute love that teaches us to obey even the smallest of our convictions. To follow you with all of our heart, with all of our soul and all of our mind. Not reasoning and finding ways to get out of following you. But to follow you and to go above and beyond. To live that holy and acceptable life that is our reasonable service let us keep that duty of a man to follow after the fear of the lord and to keep his commandments and to furthermore walk in the fear of the lord may we experience the fullness of your spirit the fullness of your spirit having on your wisdom the spirit of understanding of counsel of might of knowledge of fear of revelation, all this that you've given us, all this that is available, help us to walk in the fullness of your spirit, to walk in the spirit and not just to think on it and to be in the presence, but to truly and fully be submitted. Help us to know the will of God for our life right now, to continue to seek first the kingdom, to seek first your will. We crucify our mind. We crucify our will and we want to live in yours. Teach us the fear of the Lord, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, and all praise, glory, and honor be to your name forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm very excited as we continue to go into this podcast. There are some very, very exciting episodes coming up ahead. Next week, we're going to have a good friend of mine, won't reveal his name, but we're going to have our first interview episode of the season 
So that's going to be an exciting and inspiring story that should help you guys to continue to walk by faith. But until then, be blessed. Be sure to leave a review. I know I forget to ask about that. We have plenty of viewers, but not plenty of reviewers at the moment, which is okay. But I know I've gotten feedback from people, but definitely that will help get the podcast out even further to people. But until then, I pray for you guys always. And I pray that you have a blessed day and we will have you next time on the Deeper Waters Podcast. God bless.